beautiful people thank you for tuning into the beats per minute podcast where hip-hop health and matters of the heart are in sync i am your host miss thursday and you can catch us here on youtube spotify and itunes every thursday with a brand new episode i have a special guest with me today we are going to be talking about something extremely important for our community um, something that we have seen um, way too often. Yep, we are going to be talking about stroke today, y'all, um, because it is something that is so important. Uh, majority of the people that are affected are people that look like us, come from our communities. And um, we've seen so many um, hip hop artists even affected by it. So before I go too deep and you know keep rambling on, I would like to introduce my Yes, my friend, um, someone I have just come to uh, love talking with, who uh, happens to specialize in, uh, you know, talking, if you will. Uh, my friend, Jodani Deline, and she is a speech language pathologist. And I think I still messed that up because <laughs> I'm so not used to saying her last name. But welcome to... <laughs> Beats per minute and um, tell the people who you are, what you do, you know, all that good stuff. Thank you, Miss Thursday, for inviting me <laughs> on this awesome podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Um, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Uh, so it is Jadani Dalian, but it's okay. Jodani, it's a rough name. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's just me. <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm a speech language pathologist. I've been a, I've been in this career for about ten years now, mm. and uh, I started out with pediatrics and then fell in love with working with adults. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know. In uh, in our culture, a lot of times when people, as soon as I say I'm a speech pathologist, they're like, "You teach me how to talk." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of times we we just assume, you know, as soon as you say, you know, speech therapist or whatever, like, you know, I also saw it so many times with our patients, like whenever I'd be like, well, you know, um, the speech therapist is coming in to talk with you and they're like, for what? I know how to talk, you know, and they don't realize what all um, that actually entails. So can you kind of explain to everyone what it is you do you don't just you know help people talk but it it really is a lot more that um slps have to do with um or or have to can provide to the people if you will so so give them a little bit of like what you um actually um help patients with awesome so yeah uh what I do, what a speech language pathologist does, especially with adults, is that we rehabilitate their communication abilities as well mm. as their swallowing abilities. Mm. So as you age, so sometimes, you know, as people age, they might have a memory decline. They might mm -hmm. have, um, they might have find that it's hard to start planning events, planning 
their everyday task, very forgetful. Um, mm-hmm. Even they start choking on their on their favorite hamburger because the muscles in your throat get weak, which people don't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it can happen as you age, and then you might need a speech pathologist, or something could happen to you where you have a stroke mm-hmm. or you have a traumatic brain injury. And then mm-hmm. that impairs your ability to communicate, your ability to swallow. And that's where we come in. Gotcha. Okay, so since we are um, kind of focusing in on um, stroke, because this is Stroke Awareness Month, um, what do you see the most when you're dealing with stroke patients and why they have to bring um, a um, provider such as yourself in to help those patients? What is it that the stroke does that causes you to have to get involved? So a lot of times, so a stroke in general is when there, and you know, you're a nurse, is when there's a Mm -hmm. block in the vessel, there's no longer any blood or oxygen going to the brain, right? Mm -hmm. So there has been a blockage. So that impairs, like a lot of times the left side of the brain gets impaired. That's where language is developed. That's where language is, is manifested is in that mm-hmm. temporal lobe. And so if that starts to get damaged, a lot of times when I walk into these patients' rooms, they're not able to communicate anymore. Mm-hmm. They can't say their name. They Sometimes they don't recognize their family members. Um, they're not even able to request what they want. Mm-hmm. Yes and no, even saying, Yes and no. Yes, I want to go to the bathroom. No, I don't want the TV on. They can't they can't communicate that anymore. Right. Right. And so a lot of times from the nursing end, what we see is we see the frustration. Right. We see um, the patient that potentially just had a stroke that um, is trying to convey their um, desire or their, you know, um, want or, you know, need to us and they can't and they get very frustrated. And we also see um, sometimes where they, you know, a patient may not even realize to what extent the damage has taken place. So we see the impulsiveness as well um, with either trying to get up because they forget that maybe their left side is affected or their right side is affected. And um, and the you know the the danger that that can cause, um, and um, you know, and it puts them at high risk for other injuries. And so, with a patient that has a stroke, you know, it's it's super important that you have an entire team working with them because you know me as a nurse, you know, I may deal with the medical end, but it's my responsibility to advocate for them and make sure that. Um, you know, as I see that, you know, they may have a new need or that I'm noticing that, you know, they may be having a problem with swallowing or whatever, that's when I would bring someone like you on board to evaluate them and make sure that, you know, they have the correct diet, that they're getting the assistance that they need so that, you know, we're able to um, provide whatever care they need while they're in our setting and give them the tools that they'll need to move forward as they, um, you know, as they heal. Um, so you were um, kind of talking about like 
what the definition of stroke is. And, you know, and we know that there's different types of stroke. Um, like you stated, um, you know, we may see someone who uh, the stroke affected them on um, the left side of their brain. And can you talk about like how that actually works? Because we know that when it's affected on one side of the brain, we're going to see a different effect on the body. So can you um, kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, on the left side, usually when you have a left side stroke, your right side is compromised. So mm-hmm. they won't really be able to move their right limb or leg. With that being said, their communication is going to be impaired. They could have a, it's a fancy term, aphasia, that mm-hmm. um, you'll get some patients that they will talk a million miles a minute and don't make any sense whatsoever. Right. If they right. think <laughs> that they are making sense and they think that they are communicating effectively with you. Mm-hmm. And the other way when you're is broke as aphasia, meaning that like they can't find the words at all. So they're right. trying to say something to you and they're like, I don't know. Um, 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 and you just get that repet- repetition over and over and mm-hmm. over. And a lot of the frustration you see with those patients because they know what they want to say to you, but they can't find a word for it. And, you know, and, um, you know, you, you have to provide patience um, because, you know, you can only imagine what that feels like. You know, um, I've seen in our practice, you know, patients that may have went to work, you know, on Friday and everything was fine. They were independent, you know, drove home and woke up and then all of a sudden something's wrong and they go to the emergency room and they're being told like, um, you possibly just had a stroke and, you know, and I've, I've seen it to the extent where, you know, some patients have had multiple strokes um, back to back that left them paralyzed and unable to speak. And they were just, you know, going about their everyday lives like a couple of days before and the depression that that can cause a person when they experience that, um, mm. you know, because it can literally hit you, you know, out of the blue. Um, one of the things that I, I do want to make sure that we, um, you know, kind of remind people is that <clears throat> stroke is something that is very preventable for many of us. And um, we are actually seeing um, it becoming a, not an old people um, disease, but a younger people's um, situation. Um, you know, with COVID, with um, different stressors in the world, with, you know, um, living conditions, you know, um, people not receiving proper health care, we're seeing that the age of a um, the stroke victim becoming younger and younger. Um, and we really have to look at like why, um, you know, what, what have you seen majority of your patients been the reasons that's caused them to um, have a stroke? So it's interesting that you said they get younger and younger. My youngest mm-hmm. patient that I've had was 26 years old. That's crazy. Yeah, 26 yeah. years old and uh, had a stroke at home. Mm-hmm with his, with his girlfriend, you know, wow. Wow. It, it was, 
And uh, that was something really, his language was impaired. Um, mm -hmm. And he was working just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know how he's going to move forward. He right. doesn't, he, he doesn't know how he's going to move forward. And I've seen the same, I've seen the same pattern. Um, what I've noticed that causes stroke, the three things that I've usually seen is high cholesterol and you might, mm -hmm. you know, high cholesterol. Mm -hmm blood high blood pressure and typically mm -hmm. diabetes those three are usually if you have a diagnosis of those three and you're not getting treated you're not taking medicine or you know going to the gym and improving your health those three things typically is the recipe for a stroke right and unfortunately those three things are very common in you know black and brown people and Absolutely. because of that, you know, we um, we we stand the highest risk of, um, you know, potentially having a stroke. And, you know, sadly, with that knowledge, um, it's, it's, it's still one of the leading causes of death in the U.S. You know, generally almost every four minutes, you know, someone passes away from a stroke and mm -hmm you know, generally in like one to six people, I believe the CDC says that, you know, will be affected by a stroke. And, you know, and even though you may um, survive it, you know, you could, you could potentially live with lifelong effects of it if it's not caught in time. So I, I want to talk about some of the things that we want to look at, you know, and, and, and be mindful of as we're going through our day-to-day -day lives, because like you stated, you know, this young man was home chilling with his, you know, his girlfriend and, you know, that could potentially be anybody. And so we want to make sure that if you just happen to be out with your friends or, you know, you're home, you know, chilling with your loved ones at a cookout, whatever, that you can recognize when someone potentially um, can, you know, might be having symptoms of having a stroke. Because the thing about um, stroke survivors, you have a better chance of surviving the quicker you're able to catch it. Uh, so mm -hmm. there's a you know an acronym that we always like to use. Um, you know whether you hear be fast or fast, but um, mm -hmm. they're just an easy way to remember what to look for whenever someone's having a stroke. And um, I'll go through it real fast, and then I got a question for you. Um, yeah. So the B is just balance. You know, if someone just, you know, of course, if they've been drinking, it might make it hard. But if they haven't, and then all of a sudden they look like they've been drinking and they, you know, have a loss of balance or coordination, that might, you know, you might want to kind of pay attention to them. Um, check their eyes, you know, see if they're having some sudden trouble with seeing in one or both of their eyes, their face, ask them to smile. If you see a droop, that's a... a you know, a telltale sign um, and their arms act on the raise both of their arms. If one, you know, is too weak that they can't do it, that's a telltale sign. Listen for speech or them using incorrect words. Um, like, you know, um, she stated sometimes the person that's actually having a stroke doesn't realize that they're saying the wrong words or they're slurred um, or they, they kind of notice it as they're talking. So you want to listen out for that. 
and again, timing. Timing is extremely important. Uh, from the first time that you see a sign, you want to call 911. Um, and the reason why is because depending on the type of stroke, there's medications that they can give that patient that can help reverse the effects of the stroke. Um, and that can also help with um, what delays or any um, residual effects that they might have moving forward. So with that being said, um, Joe, mm -hmm. in our setting, I've also seen the patients who have had strokes. They can't um, have a conversation with you, you know, can't tell you what they want, what they need, but I've, you know, you turn the radio on and they're able to sing like through a whole song. Like, what is that? <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it definitely is. Are you hearing about the people that, you know, like um, recently actually, um, you know, a family member recently had a stroke and, um, you know, they basically woke up from it, you know, talking French, you know, it was something that they learned, you know, in high school, but they don't regularly just, you know, go around talking French, but you hear about the different people that, you know, all of a sudden start speaking a different language um, right. or their like whole personality changes. Like yeah. um, I read a story about a gentleman who was like an ex-con he had always been like a really rough, gruff type of person. And he had a stroke and all of a sudden he was like a philosopher, you know, wanted to, you know, just read poetry all day and and, and talk about literature, you know. So um, some people might think that, you know, uh, well, maybe that wouldn't be too bad if, you know, that happened. But um, what is the reasoning for that? Why do we see that in these um, patients? So can you um, kind of talk about how when one side is affected, how we may see, um, you know, uh, other areas of the brain kind of jumping in. So what the brain is doing, so there's some, there's some neurons that have died off. There was pathways that died off when you lost the oxygen. And so the brain is trying to make new pathways to uh. communicate, to to try to get you to do what you were doing before, but that pathway that the blood was going through is destroyed now. So it might go down other pathways. The neurons might go down other pathways that haven't been accessed in years mm -hmm. to try to get you back to what you used to be. That's like the brain's compensatory strategy. Gotcha. And so that's why you see the, them speaking French, but the mm -hmm. English pathway has been destroyed. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a clever way of how the brain tries to cope and try to find new, new areas to get you back to what you used to be. Gotcha. And so it's, you know, the body is always trying to um, bring itself back to what it was, if it can, as we call it, homeostasis. It's always trying to come back home, if you will. And um, it's kind of funny, um, you know, even uh, I was telling you about the um, situation with the doctor um, that was in California. Um, mm -hmm. He passed away in uh, 2013, but um, I believe it's Netflix that actually wants to do a documentary on him because um, he 
uh, it was just a fascinating story. Um, he did um, some studies and did some, you know, work even with like KRS-One um, at one point um, because like, you know, he worked with a lot of stroke victims. Um, he himself began having strokes, but it wasn't because of, you know, the um, reasons we said um, cholesterol or blood pressure or anything. He was having um, a syndrome that's from um, like high phospholipids that um, was causing his body basically to attack um, you know, the antibodies, his like immune system was going crazy and it was like a whole, you know, thing that um, was causing him to have like seizures and um, different, you know, um, seizures um, and, and like small strokes. And it left him with um, stuttering and slurring. And uh, he found himself talking in rhyme. Um, a lot of times. And so from that, he began like really kind of writing and, and doing poetry and started going out and wanting to get involved in like ciphers, <laughs> if you will. And, and he found when he would actually talk in rhyme and started rapping that the stuttering would ease and that he um, wasn't, you know, like the slurred speech had stopped. And it was just super fascinating to hear his story because it, it almost makes you think about the idea of um, there was another study where um, they were actually doing brain scans. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was like a Institute for um, Deaf and um, people with communicative uh, disorders that they noted that their brain activity increased whenever someone was doing uh, like um, freestyle rap, right. um, that you know it it was increasing in in, in other areas, um, whereas you know the dead areas was just you know like not lit up or anything, and so it makes you just wonder, you know, bringing it back to hip hop, like how hip hop affects the way that we learn and the way that we retain information and the way that we. Um, you know, expand our um, our knowledge, if you will. Have you kind of noticed that um, even with like doing music therapy with patients? Absolutely. Um, music is so healing. And mm -hmm. there is studies that when you play music, it activates the whole mind. Mm. And so that motor... So that motor coordination that we use to communicate, to dance, that gets activated when music happens. Mm. When your favorite beat, the, the brain has a way of indicating a climax of a song. So like, for example, like, uh, you know, that juvenile, I'm going to go to the 90s now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that juvenile beat, you know? That, uh -oh. that, you know, don't. You know, that, that beat drop. Yeah. And, you know, your brain is already anticipating that. And your foot is moving before the beat even gets there, you know? Mm -hmm. And your body already responds. So music has been, especially hip-hop, and I personally, with my ethnic patients, I make sure to bring that into my sessions with them. Mm -hmm. Because that was music music is so 
healing and it does so many things. For instance, like I've had a patient that couldn't recognize they had a right side stroke. They could not mm -hmm. recognize their family members. But when mm -hmm. I was playing Marvin Gaye and I asked them what happened to him, they could tell me exactly what happened to him, how he passed mm -hmm. away. They remembered the year. I, I mean, they remember their time where they were when they heard that mm -hmm. song, you know? So mm -hmm. it brings back a lot of um, a lot of their motor function mm -hmm. for communication. It gives them a rhythm. It gives the brain the rhythm to be able to communicate in their motor, like how he was stuttering. There was pauses in his motor function, but once he starts rhyming, there's a flow. Mm, that's good. <laughs> and that's what music does. And it's so crazy. I um, I think it was like the other day I was um, just laying down, getting ready to go to bed, and I happened to um, catch a video that uh, someone has shared on, um, I think, Instagram. And it was a young lady. She was getting married. And I don't know if it was her father or her grandfather that she wanted to walk down the aisle. But they actually um, was a um, dementia patient and, you know, was um, didn't know who she was, didn't know where they was, was asking a lot of questions. And so before they got to where they needed to get to walk, you know, for him to walk her down, like she played a song. She sat him down, she played a song. Once the song started, it was like, it was like the light switch went off, you know? And he's like, oh my God, like, look at you, you're beautiful and let's go, you know, type of thing. And it was, it was, it, you know, for someone that's never dealt with someone that has, um, you know, had um, that type of situation with dealing with a dementia patient or dealing with someone that's had a brain injury, um, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's stroke or whatever, like it, it almost seems fake, but, you know, we've, you know, we've seen it day, you know, daily with dealing with patients and it's so true how healing music is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just even going back to, you know, uh, with us, you know, right. of course we, you know, worked at the same, you know, facility and we would speak, you know, right. through the hall and stuff like that. And, you know, I always, you know, <laughs> you know, have to, uh, you know, talk about how your hair was always popping and whatnot. <laughs> but it was like, you know, that day we were in the patient's room and I can't remember what we were doing, but your phone goes off. And, um, you know, and I was having like a really sucky morning. It was, it was, I don't even know what was happening, but it was pretty bad, but I was not in good spirits. And when your phone went off, um, it starts, you know, playing my playing tricks. And I'm like, is that your phone? <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah. And it just, it, it just like changed the whole atmosphere, you know? And, um, because it was like, for me, it wasn't about the song. It was just like, in that moment, I just felt like my brother was just kind of loving on me. And then being able to even just kind of, you know, tell you what that connection was, was like, oh my God, you know, like, you know, I didn't even know nobody would know what this was type of thing. So right. it's just, um, you know, it's healing, it, it connects you, it, um, you know, can completely change your mood. And, you know, it really does um, help so much. You know, I think that sometimes we um, negate like how much music can be therapy and, and how much music can, you know, um, 
just keep us cognitively sound at times, you know? Right. Right. It's so true. And then even too, if people are visiting their loved ones in mm -hmm. the facilities, in the hospitals, um, I think they forget to, family members kind of forget to bring that peace, you know? Mm -hmm. Play your play your family, play your mom and your dad's favorite song, you know, mm -hmm. play your cousin's song that you used to drive to with them. If you if you are in that predicament where you have to visit a friend in a hospital, make sure you mm -hmm. bring that music component. Right. With right. And even, you know, the funny thing to me was, you know, whenever a patient was admitted and we're doing a mission, uh, one of the things we would always ask them is, what is your primary goal for, um, you know, for discharge? Like, what is it that you want to be able to do before you leave here? And I can't tell you how many patients would say, I want to be able to, you know, get up and dance with, you know, um, my wife or get up and dance at my daughter's wedding or get up and, you know, um, do whatever. But, uh, you know, um, a lot of times the answer had something to do with dancing and wanting to be able to either sing again, um, you know, play an instrument again, um, or, you know, or something of the sort. So we really do, you know, need to always like keep in mind, you know, that it's, it's cost nothing to, you know, um, just kind of use that in our sessions and, you know, and even when, you know, we're taking care of people or whatever, when we're singing with them, you know, how that even makes them feel better. And it, you know, just takes them back to, you know, a time and make them be like, you know, I do have something worth, you know, pushing for. Um, and um, it's, it's just extremely important. And, you know, and, and something that, you know, that, cost nothing for us to do. With that, you know, thought process, um, I, I just thought back to what you said and I had the worst thought, right? So <laughs> when you're talking about <laughs> juvenile and I'm like, you know, we're, are we going to be like them old people in the nursing homes that that's like what they're going to have to play for us? <laughs> like, Listen, they're going to have to play that for me. <laughs> <laughs> it is scary when you think <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man, that's gonna be bad. <laughs> that See, gonna I'm be like, bad. can you amigos for me real quick? It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be the old people at the cookout, like, you don't know nothing about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know why that just popped in my head, but that's what, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those. I know it. I'm going to be like, hey, put me on Listen, that drink right you know, <laughs> Oh, I, you know, I mean, of course, we're talking about stroking. I, you know, I brought up dementia before, but, you know, I, I think from working so much in the nursing field with, uh, you know, elderly um, patients, you know, you can't help but think about like, you know, if I ever get dementia, like what would I kind of need to keep me calm? Because I am very afraid that I'm going to be like, you know, a mean, um, you know, confused person. Like I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to be that if, if I, you know, I mean, I hope I never have to deal with it. But if I have to, I want to be pleasantly confused, right? 
And I have a whole rundown of stuff I told my kids, you know, to look out for. Right. um, If I have to get put away, you know. And, um, you know, I just need old school hip hop, you know, 80s, you know, rock. Like, I want to watch all my 80s movies and, you know, and and be happy. Like, (laughs) that's that's all I'm going to need, you know. And, uh, you know, but I I do hope that I don't have to deal with that. Absolutely. I had, um, I recently had a patient that I work with at an assisted living facility and Mm -hmm. oh man, I'm walking down the hallway and I hear Tupac blasting. (laughs) I'm like, I was like, where's this coming from? So I open up, you know, his door and he's sitting there and, um, Mm -hmm. it's, he had a stroke, so he's in a wheelchair and Mm -hmm. his right affected but that toe and his foot was moving moving (laughs) and his head was bopping yeah I was like oh and I mean on repeat that's what he wants to do he wants to sit down he put on YouTube and his kids were nice enough to give him a nice sound bar okay it is loud and that's what he wants to do all the time is listen to Tupac Yeah, I think I think that'll be me. Uh, not just Tupac, you know, but I, I I I hope that that's me, you know. If if I have to be there, that you know, just uh, yeah, just give me my music, man. I'll be good, you know. But uh, it that's what made me think about you know having this conversation with you was, uh, you know, I had a patient could not say anything but you know i'm walking down the down the hall one day and i'm hearing somebody like word for word like you know you know singing x going give it to you you know and i'm like Who yeah. is that? and i look in the room and just word for word she just in there going you know turn yeah. that music off and couldn't say nothing and i'm like what is that that is crazy you know, I mean, I, I don't even think I could say all the words that X going to give it to you. And like on beat, like she wasn't messing up, like wow. <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so crazy. Yeah. It, so it, how do you think that, uh, you know, because we have had over the years, um, you know, some hip hop artists that, you know, have suffered from strokes mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and, and some have not survived it. Uh, how do you think that, you know, those that are here, like how, you know, with what we're discussing, how this information can even be useful to them? Of course, you know, they have to do the preventive measures um, health-wise, but like cognitively, what can we do to help ourselves, if you will, build up our brain muscle, if we can, <laughs> to yeah. help us to, you know, be in a, in a better position um, to not have to um, deal with the the possible effects of a stroke or a traumatic brain injury. So studies have found that listening to music for at least an hour per day improves uh, <sighs> memory and focus attention. Man, I'm golden. <laughs> <laughs> I am good. <laughs> Just, you know, for one, listen to music at least once mm-hmm. a day for an hour. Um, that could be on your car ride, you know, going to mm-hmm. and from work. That could be on your lunch break, you know. Um, 
And then honestly, what I have my patients do as preventative measures is do a lot of memory activities. Mm-hmm. Um, do a lot of matching on your phone. There's like a matching activities where your brain has to remember where items are. Mm-hmm. That is very helpful. Um, challenge your brain. Read a lot. Read things that are interesting to you. Read about your favorite artist, you know? Um, I, I know today we're not really in the reading realm, you know? We don't read yeah. anymore. There's no, nobody's picking up the newspaper. Everything mm-hmm. is video and audio. So um, just challenge yourself to kind of read a little bit more outside of what you have to read for work, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's almost a little scary because we also live in a day and age where attention spans are very short. Yes. You know, they um, talk about, you know, in different settings, especially like with podcasts, it's, you know, it's always about like, you know, you got to try to grab the person's attention within the first two seconds because the attention spans are so short. And with that idea that, you know, we are in that space where like something, if it doesn't grab our attention immediately, like we won't um, go after it. Um, Like, how are we really stimulating ourselves cognitively, if that's the case, you know, and that just is setting us up for um, the potential for so many, you know, um, issues um, later on. Um, and, and it's like a, if you don't use it, you lose it type of thing, you know, Absolutely. as we say in the medical field. Um, I just had a brain fart myself. That's pretty bad as we're talking <laughs> about this. <laughs> I got a song. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come back. <laughs> well, anyway, um, you know. Joe, I truly appreciate you sitting down and having this conversation with me. Now, besides working with, um, you know, the patients and the rehab setting, what else do you, um, you know, kind of do? Um, like, how, how can people, like, follow you and, you know, and see what all you do to help people get their cognitive role on, if you will? So I also have a company called Sun Street Therapy, Mm -hmm. and that was developed um, because a lot of times when I come in, I am the light for my patients. I'm Mm -hmm. the one that gives them the ability to communicate. I'm the one that ignites their brain, um, and I stay a long time with them, make Mm -hmm. it happen. And so... I created Sun Street so we can walk on a bright street together on your journey to recovery or your journey to aging. And they can always find me at Sun Street on Instagram, Sun Street Therapy. And um, I also have a Facebook page. And yeah, you can just contact me, DM me. If you have any questions too, like that's one of the reasons why too, just in aging in general, like nobody prepares you unless you're in the medical field. Nobody prepares you for the aging process, whether that's no (laughs) traumatic brain injury, like nobody, nobody prepares you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, it's, mm -hmm. it's can be very extremely scary, you know, because I think that sometimes, especially in our communities, 
you know, we're so busy just trying to live that, you know, um, you have a a whole generation of people who did not expect to get this old. Right. And I hear it so much. You know, I am only in my 40s, but I have a lot of people that I know that was like, oh, like I didn't never expect to get, you know, in my 40s or my 50s. You know, they it, it wasn't common, if you will, for, um, you know, certain communities for, you know, someone of color to make it out of the right. hood or, you know, to live past 20s, you know, something. And so now we have this whole group of people that's like, man, if I'd known, you know, I would have um, lived this long, I probably would have took better care of myself. I would have, right. you know, ate right. I would have, you know, not did this. I would have not did that. And um, and now, you know, we're all just sitting here trying to figure it out. So what do we do to prepare for the next 10 years or the next 20 years or, you know, or however long? Um, because, you know, sadly, the older we get, the more, you know, potential for other things to come along, you know. And I think that we are in this space where so many um, are trying to figure out how to live a healthy lifestyle and still enjoy, you know, the, the things that we have come to enjoy in our culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad that I could be a resource. And even if anyone has any questions, like, you know, people think that it's normal to, you know, oh, I just, I forget, you know, my phone every time uh, after a while, or, oh, I just forgot my mm-hmm. doctor's appointment, or I just forgot. Once you start forgetting a lot, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not as normal as you think it is. Yeah. You should. Which is scary. <laughs> yeah. It's very scary because, you know, I start like looking at myself like, okay, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this ain't right, you know, because <laughs> you're forgetting a lot, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. No, you're good. But yeah, you should, you know, anyone who's realizing like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm forgetting a lot or even too, I know a lot of times uh, in our culture too, I would see a, a elderly or just coughing away while they're eating. And they're like, oh, that's normal. She always coughs. That is not normal. That's not normal. Yeah. You should not be coughing and eating at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, that's really important for them to know that there's a resource and speech pathologist to help assist. That's good. That's good information. Well, my friend, I am so appreciative that you took the time to have this conversation with me. Uh, you know, definitely been looking forward to it. We've been talking about it for a minute. Um, definitely hope that, you know, we were able to spark a conversation um, and get people to really start thinking, you know, okay, you know, I, I need to take this serious because, um, you know, no matter how much information you know sometimes we see out there and Mm -hmm. um and we see people being affected by um you know strokes we have to get to a place where this becomes a a a very normal conversation that we really are you know um looking to be our brother and sister's keepers that we're paying attention to people that you know um we're like hey you know you, you you know, you're stressing a little bit too much. You need to calm it down. Are you taking care of yourself? We need to start having those conversations with each other 
you know, to make sure that we are um, doing what we need to do to take care, you know, of us, um, you know, because, you know, we're all we got, you know, and um, nobody really understands um, sometimes like what um, you may be going through, like somebody that's, you know, going through the same thing. And, um, you know, and it's just really important that, you know, we really focus in on like what's going on up top because, you know, with May, not only is it, um, you know, Stroke Awareness Month, but it's Mental Health Awareness Month and it's something that we've been talking about as well. And it's it's just super important for our community that we're, you know, able to really horn in on how to get our minds right. Because yes. that's the only way that we're going to be able to move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, folks, this has been another great episode. I definitely want to thank you for listening in and uh, for chilling with us. Um, every Thursday, you can hear a new episode. We appreciate all the love and support that you've been given. Uh, check us out on all social media platforms at beatsperminute.pod. We appreciate you. All right. Hello, little sister. How are you? Very proud of you and your accomplishments. Uh, love you. Take care.